You're listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast, where we speak with founders, CEOs, investors, advisors, experts, and thought leaders in the brave new world of psychedelics and entheogenic medicines. Brought to you by Psychedelic Invest. Bringing you unparalleled psychedelic investing data and analysis. Psychedelic Invest is the industry's leading resource for those looking to invest in the burgeoning psychedelic industry. For more information and to access all of the podcast episodes, check out our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast. And now here's the host of the Psychedelic Invest podcast, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is the Psychedelic Invest podcast. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. Our guest today is Becca Williams. She is an emotions therapist. We're going to talk to her about the work she does with folks, helping them with process, with understanding, with awareness, and how she uses plant medicine of various sorts. And we'll get into that in a little bit to help that process. I'm fascinated by this kind of the space, and I'm really excited for the conversation because I think a lot of what we're realizing in the psychedelic space is that it's more than the plant itself. It's a journey. It's a process. And how you go about that process, how you enter it, how you go through it, how you integrate it afterwards is a huge part of the impact it has. And having guides helping with this process is hugely important. And Becca is one of those guys. So we're going to talk to her about the work she does and the results, the impact that she has found using plant medicine and how we can learn from it and, and where kind of this industry is going. So with that, Becca, welcome to the program. Bruce, thank you. And, you know, I just want to say that uh, I really admire what you're doing. You're covering this emerging landscape of psychedelics, and you've been doing amazing work in educating us about cannabis and all yeah. fronts, and now this embrace of, of psychedelics and all that that entails. So thank you, and, and thank you for having me on to discuss how my work fits into tripping outside of the box. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, and, and before we kind of dive into the work you're doing today, I'd love to kind of get a sense of background and the journey you've been on. I mean, what what's the backstory? How did you get involved in plant medicine and cannabis and psychedelics? Give us a little bit of the background. All very, very personal. Yeah. It uh, started, well, I suppose it started as a, a, as a child in a very... Um, what do I want to say, uh, a very complicated and challenging childhood with mm -hmm. a mentally ill mother who self-medicated with alcohol and a father who was not in the picture. And it was often a, 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 a very um, volatile and um, often dangerous uh, yeah. situation. So therein, I... I emerged with a lot of trauma, what they call developmental trauma uh, from, from childhood. And so I wrestled a lot with huh, uh, a cocktail of, of emotions. And that's, that's, my, that's my area of specialty sure. is emotions. Uh, and it's because I wanted to know what was, what was going on with me. And I, would, uh, I, I mostly wrestled with uh, a lot of anxiety and there was a lot of crippling self-doubt um, anger and sadness. And so I, growing up, um, I was very marginalized. I was um, made to believe that I, I really wasn't welcome here in both what people said and what people did. Um, I was kind of a, a 
alien in my family. Yeah. And uh, everything they did made me feel that way. So it was an interesting direction that I went now that I have this emotions education behind me. Mm-hmm. And if, I, I realized that people can go uh, two ways and they actually... Um, with 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 self doubt, uh, because as human beings, we're all either we're, we're we're all trying to gain approval and avoid rejection. Sure. And so for me, it was really uh, very much so in spades about needing this this acceptance. And so I went a different direction than curling up into a ball and just going numb. Um, I uh, I expressed it in 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 trying in a highly functioning. I was a highly functioning trauma survivor, mm-hmm. and so I and it was always about trying to find that approval, that validation, um, and so I went to the highest levels to get it, and that was in television news. And so uh, I, I I trained, I studied journalism in university, and I loved to write and. It turned out that I was good at it and was a good reporter, but I, um, I, I was in television. So the idea that people would see me and sure. somewhere along the line, you know, I, I was, I was taught that, um, that my family thought I wasn't very smart. My stepfather was very abusive in that way. His nickname for me was the big idiot. So you can imagine wow. what was laid yeah. on me. And so moving in through high school, um, it came to my attention that I had some quote unquote pretty. And so I leveraged that. Um, and, you know, in television news, it's for women anyway, it's really yep. about looking good. And so I studied journalism and I went into television starting out as, as, as Becky the Weather Girl way back when <laughs> um, with a very small television station where I was uh, going to school in a small town in Minnesota and then worked up from there into Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but what happened was to be able to be on the air and just getting that feedback from the audience where I, you know, where, where oh, you look good or you're a good reporter or you're a good writer, oh, you're smart. And, and and the big deal is, is I was being fed this, but there were no internal resources, Bruce, yeah. none at all. And so it would just, it would just, uh, it would just slip. It would just slip through, and I just had to constantly feed myself. Um, and so I did that for years and years and years. And at the same time, realizing how much I was hurting, mm-hmm. and so I was constantly ongoing, looking for ways to feel better. Uh, from you know years of talk therapy and. And then I, you know, went the spiritual route. I mean, in our culture, it's either actually the the psychology, the talk therapy, or doing yep. something spiritually. And oh man, you know, meditation. I studied meditation and, and through Buddhism and Kabbalah and TM. And but when I sat down to do that quiet mindfulness meditation, I just couldn't do it. I had pounding, throbbing thoughts, or I dissociated. Oh, yeah. And and so. Um, uh, so I was always looking for something. And in college, somebody turned me on to cannabis and I felt better. I started to feel better that the anxiety level would go down, particularly mm-hmm. when I was by myself. I learned that I wasn't particularly good in groups passing a joint, you know, yeah, but yeah, exactly. uh, but I would um, I'd feel better if I was by myself. And so I self-medicated all the way through uh, into young adulthood and adulthood. Um, up until you know to not today, uh, but what the problem with cannabis was that it was 
while I was under the influence, it felt better. But once that wore off, the anxiety and everything else, the shame would come back come and back. start haunting me again. So I just continued to look. I mean, it hurt as, you know, a lot of people out there and oh, people yeah. who come to me just say, I know I have looked in so many different places for something for answers. So about seven years ago, I, uh, one thing led to another uh, and I found this work found me called Emotional Liberation. And it was uh, created and developed uh, by a man who is um, my, my, my dear friend and colleague now. And I uh, started doing this work because it, it's, it was about, it was a totally different paradigm. It was yeah. about using your emotions as your inner guidance system, which was what? Because we don't talk about emotions other than sort of a generalized, generic reference to them. And yeah. so what this work does is, is split these emotions up into a palette of seven different ones where we're studying anxiety and anger and guilt and shame and depression and and desire which is very much like addictions and, yeah. and neediness sadness and grief and and what and so what i started doing while i was doing this work i was in a, a year-long program with this man who is a 40-year yoga master uh, hailing from the kundalini tradition, and I can talk about that later. Yeah. But, oh, my God, I, it started working for me, and all the time I, was, I started microdosing with it. Now, that was antithetical to my, uh, the teacher's way, but I let him in on what I was doing, and I was the only one in about a group of 12 people doing it, and I, this was all online, and I was moving through this, the, the emotions and the trauma, it was just jaw-dropping for me. And so about halfway through of this, uh, it was a nine-month program, I was realizing real healing. And so I went on to study with this teacher for four more years. He certified me in this work. I've included uh, cannabis and now psilocybin microdosing in this mm -hmm. whole program and with my students. And most of my students come to me based on including these plant medicine tools. Mm -hmm. And we're getting spectacular results. And that's how I got into it because I hurt so badly. And yeah. so once the clouds parted and I started navigating calm-centered clarity, I dropped my TV work. I didn't want to, it just seemed like, mm -hmm. it, it seemed irrelevant to me when I came out of this cloud that I'd been living in for most of my life and saw every, saw so many other people who were tormented by difficult emotions that, hey, I'm going to teach this. So voila, yeah. here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, this whole kind of understanding our emotions and dealing with our emotions, I, I find fascinating. I mean, I think culturally we've, we've got a lot of issues or a lot of patterns, you know, philosophies, approaches to emotions that, you know, I think can be problematic. But, I, I, you know, I think we're, we're kind of trained or taught to not trust our emotions or to put our emotions aside, you know, think very rationally. And I think, you know, we've kind of created a culture and, and somewhat of you know, a couple of generations here of people that are at best not very good at understanding and listening to emotions, at worst, are kind of at battle with their emotions. Right. I mean, how do you how do you separate out the individual experiences that people have had and their individual emotions from kind of the general cultural, social kind of take on emotions and, and how we should listen to them or not listen to them or use them in our kind of day to day lives? 
Mm, what a beautiful question. And where do I even begin yeah. to start? <laughs> you know, so for one, you said, you know, a lot of people try to rationalize it out. Yeah. And, and ration, rationale is the thinking mind. So we're trying to think it through. And what GM Kalsa, my then teacher, realized, because he's working the spiritual aspect, and we're talking about the science of meditation and pulling it from, you know, all those all those holy men dwelling in caves thousands of years ago and how to move the emotions through. We don't do it with our thinking mind. We do it intuitively. Where, so okay. we have to learn what I teach is to how to go inward, how to be in touch with our deep inner knowing. Because what, what he found, what's revolutionary about this work is that our emotions form a bridge to our intuition, which in turn are tethered to our trauma. And mm-hmm. so the, the million dollar question is how to bring up the trauma, mm-hmm. how to bring it up so that we can release it. And it's really a confounded um, Western science, but we're putting words to what we've been doing um, in Eastern wisdom and mysticism. And we know in Western science that, that trauma is lodged in our body. It's lodged in the tissues of our body, our nervous system, and how to get it out, how to get it up. Well, if we go to Eastern teachings, yogic science, we understand that there are blocks uh, in, our, in our body, in our energetic system. You know, we talk about the chakra system and sure. the meridian points and that there are blocks in that system and how to get them out. So in Eastern wisdom, we have energy blocks. In Western science, we have trauma. Same thing. Okay. Only in Eastern wisdom, we know what to do about it. (laughs) And that's what I teach people to do. So now enter the plant medicine, and the plant medicine just makes, uh, accelerates everything. It opens us up. It relaxes us. It leans in and and creates neuroplasticity. That's the Mm -hmm. ability of the brain to form and organize synaptic connections to develop new patterns of thought and behavior. And guess what? They've found in research that meditation does the same thing. Mm -hmm. So when we put those two together, and we, first of all, we do a lot of work understanding the emotion. So we're plugging into the cognitive or the thinking brain. So we go in going, oh yeah, okay, there's these emotions. And this is in there, each one has a, has a signature, has a signature personality, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then we know because when we're just walking along and, and something or somebody comes out of left field and says or does something, or we have an errant thought and we are triggered and we are off to the races sure, yeah. and it just, you know, this emotion comes up and just rolls over us like a tsunami and we are flooded and we don't know what to think. We don't know what to say. Our throw, our, our thinking is thrown off the way we see things are thrown off. And so we're just nuts because we're in what I call lizard brain. So what we do through this work in drawing from the the Eastern practices is we start we start uh, strengthening the frontal cortex. And so what we're doing well in the course of bringing in meditation in bringing up the prefrontal cortex, 
when we're bringing up the emotions, because we need to do that in order to move them through, we need to, as I say, meet them, greet them, and, and release them. Mm-hmm. But we can only do that when we strengthen our nervous system through these these very expressive and active meditation workouts. My guys, a few classes, a few courses back, we started talking about meditation and how hard when people say, oh, I got to do my meditation and sit down. A couple of the guys said, you know, we could, if we could liken it to a workout. So we've started calling it a neural workout because Ooh, that, like that is what it is, right? And so we refer to it as our neural workout and we're, we're toning and we're conditioning the nervous system. And once we start doing this with regulation, 11 minutes a day, only 11 minutes a day, we then start rewiring our brain. So we're moving this this through. Yeah. I'm curious, how much do you feel the plants are kind of quieting our rational mind or increasing the volume of our emotional, you know, kind of connection? How do you think this is working or, or, or how do you sense the plants help this process? Yeah, important question. It's happening on both fronts. Because what we know now, with the cannabis, we know the neuroplasticity kicks into gear, as well as with, uh, I use psilocybin microdosing. And what we know from our studies with meditation, of course, but also with psychedelics, is that it it lifts what we call the default mode network, or the uh, affectionately called the DFM, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what puts us kind of in a routine and keeps us captive to these difficult emotions. And so when we can lift the default mode network, we can be exposed to the beautiful emotions of joy and love and peace and all all of that. And so at the same time, we are quieted down in order to do this work. We're, We're made more relaxed and more spacious and open to bringing this up. So it really fires on both cylinders. Yeah. And talk to me about this kind of mind-body connection on this stuff. I mean, how, how much do you feel, I mean, this, the trauma, the pattern is, you know, in our physical body, right? It, it's ingrained in the way our nervous system works in our body, but it's also part of our mind, part of our thinking. I mean, what, what is the connection for you or, or how, how do you see kind of the physical element versus the kind of the thinking element, or do you mm. see, do you not see a difference? I mean, oh, I, I'm yeah. curious to see the, get your take on that. Yeah. Such important questions you ask. What we need to do is to go back to the mindfulness meditation. What we're finding is that that does just does not resonate for a lot of people. Yeah. It's very popular. I mean, it's the thing that's oh, yeah. talked Everywhere. about and every, all the rage. And that's the thing, you know, when, when I started doing this years and years ago, it was like, well, everybody else can do it but me. Mm-hmm. And then, so then there's, you know, because I'd be sitting there dissociating and in my mind, redecorating my living room. <laughs> and, and everybody else is, you know, apparently doing it and getting a lot out of it. And I couldn't do it. And so on top of not being able to do it was this feeling of shame. Yeah, exactly. So it just, I doubled down on the, on the emotional overwhelm in regard to that. So what happens is that, you know, we're ruminating, we're dissociating the pounding thoughts with the mind. And so the traumas in our body, and so what we need to do and what we do is with this, with this very active meditation is we engage the mind. So let me say that, we, you know, we, in the neuro workouts, we use movement 
sitting down. We're, this is not yoga. Let me just be very clear. We're not doing yoga on a mat. That it's, it's, we're, we're sitting and it's very active from the waist up, if you will. So we're doing, we're doing movements with the body. We are making sounds like mantras because those cause yeah. a vibrational tone that further engages the energy and stirs it up. And very important is the breath work. So we're doing deep, what do I want to say? Uh, we, we really change it up with the breath work. So it's, it's not long, deep breathing, although that is a very important aspect of it. But we will be doing all sorts of things like counting. So what this does is it tricks the mind. Yeah. It keeps the mind. It says, mind, come here. What I want you to do is I want you to do the breath work and I want you to count to four on the inhale and I want you to hold for eight on the, uh, just hold. And then on the exhale, I want you to do it in four breaths. So you have to count this out. You know, the mind has to count this out. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, by the way, there's a mudra, which is a, which is a hand position that is energetically correlated to our meridian points. And in my playground of Hinduism, it's called the Naughties, the Naughty system, N-A-D-I. And then we also oftentimes do a mantra. So the mind is saying, we're going, honey, I want you to go over here and I want you to take care of all these things. All right. I want you to be on top of all these things. (laughs) And then while we're doing that, we're engaging the body and we're inviting whatever is knocking loudest on our head. And that may be anxiety. And what are we anxious about? You know, emotion brings up thoughts and memories. And another piece around the mindfulness meditation or the guided meditation. I mean, I remember this, you know, I don't do that anymore. But, you know, years and years, it's like, you know, walking beyond beside the lake or on Uh the beach and you have big fluffy clouds and you're imagining, you know, you're a bird and you're, I could never do that stuff. But Uh if somebody said to me, you know, all that stuff you've been ruminating about, and worrying about just bring it up okay I'm gonna I'm mm-hmm. gonna talk you through this I'm gonna invite you to bring this stuff up and it's like oh yeah I can do that yeah. <laughs> because it's on my head anyway yeah. uh, so those emotions are tethered to our trauma and so when we start bringing those emotions up we're in touch with the trauma and it's moving through now Bruce I have to say that this is simple but it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A couple of things you brought up there, which yeah. I think uh, I mean, it, it took me a while to kind of learn, but I think they're important learning is this whole, our mind controls our body. Well, in fact, our body can control our mind a lot more. So, so the old idea of the breath work and the movements and stuff is being, if, if you can get your body to do certain things or you, you engage your body in certain ways, it actually changes your thinking, right? It starts changing your parasympathetic nervous system, right? That yes. starts changing the, the, you know, the thought pattern structure that you have, right? So I, I certainly have learned to appreciate, you know, a lot of this work is, is to kind of prime or to change the patterns in your thinking that's going on so that you can start to engage and hopefully address some of these underlying issues that are that have been blocked by your thinking patterns up to date. We're creating new neural networks. Yeah. That's right, yeah. because we've been defaulting to these 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 neural networks that are all about being anxious or angry or sad or depressed. Right. And so we, what we do is we dry those up and they blow away, you know, speaking uh, very casually here about mm-hmm. this so everybody can understand it and creating new ones where we default to 
feeling good about ourselves, mm -hmm. feeling a sense of joy. So this process allows you to tap into the emotions, which then lets you kind of get to the underlying trauma. I guess, how do you help folks sort of navigate that process? Because I can imagine that could be pretty intense, you know, particularly if you've had intense trauma and you've got intense emotionals, that that could be potentially overwhelming. I mean, how do you help people with the actual, now that I've got access to these emotions and to this trauma, actually processing them? Yeah. Oh, excellent questions, Bruce. Thank you. So it can be overwhelming. So let's understand that we all, we all have trauma to a lesser or greater degree. It can be a greater degree, like I explained mm -hmm. about, about me, but it might be where someone had great parenting and the, you know, the parents were there, they did all the right things. And, you know, then the, as a baby or as a child, you know, you needed one of those parents right there. And then, and the parents were busy. Maybe there was an emergency and they couldn't get to you and they, you know, weren't there and you just lie there and you cry and cry and you suffer and whatever. And so, you know, and you're afraid and maybe it's in the dark or whatever. Nobody's coming to you. And that can be a one-off. That can be, and if we're a sensitive, and we're all sensitive children when we're sure. small like that, yeah. but that can be egregiously trauma-inducing. And then, you know, maybe everything's going fine, except there's a bully in the playground who corners us from time to time and scares the bejesus out of us. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and going to war and, you know, or being mugged, you know, one-off. So we're everywhere on the spectrum. And so some people have the trauma that's closer to the surface. It's just there waiting and it's overwhelming because, and you use the word overwhelming and that's a good description. The, the thing I find about overwhelming, it really, it, it, it describes the state where I do not have tools or framework or a mode to process what's happening to me, right? And so that overwhelming sense is kind of like, I don't know what to do because I don't, I don't know how to right. process things. And, right, and, and it can scare you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And so when we start calling the stuff up, because we so, we're so busy pushing the emotions away and not feeling yes, exactly. the feeling because it tastes, it feels so awful that when yeah. we start doing it, when we start inviting them up and they've never been invited up before, mm -hmm. they're like this person you've not paid a lot of attention to. And they come back in and go, yeah, I'm here. I want to be yeah. here. I want to, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it can be overwhelming because along with those emotions comes that pain. And we understand from yeah. research that the pain of difficult emotions is just right. as torturous as, as physical pain. So this is what we call self-therapy. My work is self-therapy. I teach you to guide yourself through this mm -hmm. so that you're not relying on me yeah. to go, oh, too much. You're going, oh, wait a minute, there's too much going coming up. So I need to back down and I need to just fall into long, deep breathing and get everything in place and just move very slowly. So along that spectrum, it can be someone who really needs to be, maybe it's just a box breath at the beginning, you know, a, um, sure. a, an inhale of four, a hold of four, an exhale of four, a hold out of four. And just very gentle until we start toning that nervous system. And then we do go a little more and a little more. On the other hand, there are those who go in and just wade in real fast and just start. So we're, we're all at a various places and we all have to respect where I am, where you are. Yeah. Well, I like your um, 
your kind of exercise workout analogy from the beginning. It's like, we don't decide we're going to run an Ironman tomorrow right? and then go, go find the course, right? Like we're going to have to, okay, we probably should get some running shoes and we probably do like, let's do a mile and see how that goes, right? Like it's kind of a, a progressive process by which you gain more and more strength, more and more capabilities. You can take on more and more kind of stress and, and process. And I have to say, like, you know, I, Bruce, I, I'm a woman of a certain age and I have a little jiggly wiggly here and there or whatever, but by <laughs> golly, I have a jacked nervous system, you know, exactly. and I've been working on it and yeah. everybody, we do even muscle bound people who come to mm-hmm. my work. Uh, it's not about the muscle groups. It's about the nervous system. That's what these workouts focus on, these neuro workouts focus on. And I say that at the beginning, everybody has a 90 pound weakling nervous system. And so (laughs) slowly, as you say, we need to lean into it and become conditioned. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the folks you work with. What are they typically coming to you with? How do you help them? What are some of the results? Oh, man. Well, this is very much multidisciplinary and hybrid because we we have trauma, and mm-hmm. we have uh, mental health. I mean, that's a whole nother story in this culture where the term mental health scares people. We try to stay away from using that word and trauma too, right? Yeah. Um, and we use words like, uh, like stressed out or I'm stuck or I'm overwhelmed when mm-hmm. these are really a cocktail of emotions. But and then I, mysticism, Eastern mysticism and Eastern practices and meditation and brain science. And of course, microdosing psilocybin and the judicious use of cannabis. So all of those together and anybody interested in any of those prongs will come to me. Mm-hmm. And I've had people from say, I've had a terrible relationship with cannabis. I love it, but I can't do it anymore because it makes me anxious and whatever. And, yep. and so I need, to, I, I need a new relationship with cannabis too. I've never done cannabis. I've never done microdosing psilocybin. And I'd sure I'd like to try it out. And, you know, I'm with them every step of the way. Or there are those who say, I have done so many psychedelic journeys and, in fact, you know, venturing to Peru and and being in groups and nothing has moved it through and I'm looking for something. So yeah. uh, mostly the people who come to me have tried a lot of different things and just nothing has, has done it for them. And I stand as a role model because I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I say, this is what worked for me, and I want to show you this. And so there's, as a clinician, I really do find a sort of clinical environment in our groups where I ask everybody how it's going for their field reports. I call them field reports, and I help them find protocols that work. So it's really professionals. um, I have a lot of professionals coming uh, to me. And you know, it's like me, right? I was a quote unquote success, successful professional in our culture sense of the word. I was making good money and I had professional acclaim, but I was miserable. I really was miserable. Um, Everybody can put up on, put a happy face on, but we all know that we have, we have deep and dark inner climates that we try not to show anybody. And that's the thing. And when we bring people together, and we can talk about this, and there's no other place you can do that, it makes such a huge difference because people grow from listening to others' challenges. 
Becca, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? Sure. You know, working with these plant medicines, I don't do, I do all the social media, but I have, my go-to is my website and it's mm -hmm. all there. And my website is myname.org, beccawilliams.org. And you can go there and find out about my coursework. And um, I do a, I do community events that are complimentary. Um, I do one-to-one -one coaching. It's all there. So I could, you know, talk Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, <laughs> but you know, with um, when in doing what we're doing, you never really know when they're going to yank you. So yeah, exactly. My my website is my nexus. Perfect. I'll make sure that the URL is on the show notes here, so people can get that. Becca, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Psychedelic Invest podcast. If you liked this episode, please be sure to leave a five star rating and leave us a review. You can find more episodes on all the major podcasting platforms and our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast. <laughs>